Welcome to episode 10 of Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. James Hancock here, joined by Rhonda Brighton-Hall. Hello, great to be here. And Sonia Ankutik. Hi! Good small... <laughs> it always makes me laugh. Good small talk. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, podcast number 10, double digits, a massive milestone for us. Woo. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we love your feedback and we loved meeting some of our next-gen listeners over the last week at the Early Career Masterclass held with our lovely friends at PeopleCore. That was actually pretty cool. It was really fun. And I think one of the fun things about it was <laughs> seeing the um, relationship building skills of Sonia in loading up this <laughs> podcast onto all of those next-geners willing or not. Yeah, I think what James is trying to say nicely is that I stole people's phone and put um, up the podcast into their favourites and next listen list. But um, look, in my defence, people yeah. did seem interested. No, it was and, great. And um, didn't snatch their phones back. So welcome, a, you listeners. It was a public service. I'm a hero. Very I say kind that. of you. Very yeah. generous. No big deal. I'm looking forward to my Order of Australia medal coming up. <laughs> Yeah, it's just rolling on to that time. And let's keep rolling on with another great episode. <laughs> it is really cool to get to episode 10. Very it is. cool. Very it's, cool. It is very cool. Yay! So let's, <laughs> let's keep the good times rolling. We've got two discussion topics today. The first one, why we're so excited about a black hole. Bear with us. <laughs> very excited. <laughs> very excited. Big Kev, very I'm excited. excited. I'm very excited. Uh, I may and, be the only one here, but it's yeah, okay. Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Sonia and she looks really happy, but I don't know, it's a different level yeah, for that one. And, uh, and the other one is a discussion on change. Uh, not just another dust collecting plan, maybe just talk to me. So Rhonda, why are we so excited we're, about this? Well, we're really, really excited for a lot of reasons. <laughs> I know you're teasing me about it, but the main reason is that the physicists are so excited. Now, these are extremely rational mm calm yeah, people who have backs and stuff. Yeah, unflappable. And mm. they are not easily excited. So something has broken through that persona mm. and they are so excited. I literally saw a dude on the ABC. He was rubbing his hands with glee. He was so excited. He was going, oh, I don't know how much physics to tell you. <laughs> so excited. It was yeah. just, it was adorable. Well, he was excited someone's talking to him, number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think I've got a different dude. When I watched the um, the video of this, it was like a very measured physicist. It was like, yes, it's quite an important discovery. And I'm like, is it? I can't tell from your energy. It's good. It's like normal. You needed the ABC dude. I know, he was I know. very, very excited. So why is this actually important? Well, let me give you kind of the headlines of it. What these guys managed to do, these sciencey people, is they took a picture of a black hole which is the first time it's ever been done. And it was pretty simple. It just took half a ton of hard drives, yeah? Simple? Yes. Back yeah. of a back of a scientific measure, half a ton, it a huge film. It takes half a ton of, <laughs> it takes half a ton, ton of uh, drives to run moi, so. <laughs> That's actually quite fair. So look, trying to download your brain. <laughs> It is a pretty massive deal because this is the near impossible photograph to get. And let me tell you why. And this is Dr. Nkutsik speaking to you. Um, what, when you're trying to take a photograph or when you're trying to get close to a black hole, anything that crosses a critical threshold near it, which is known as the event horizon, um, actually gets pulled inside of it, even light. So as a result, anything near the event horizon can never be seen. And, you know, just want to chuck in an extra bit of complexity. Um, one of the physicists, 
See how naturally I say that? <laughs> you need glasses. You need glasses, know, but you're doing well. Do. Tell us more, Dr. Nkutik. <laughs> um, the environment around the black hole is less than hospitable, and he actually described it as a churning maelstrom of superheated plasma, hundreds of billions of degrees. It's like the physicist named Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget to think I'd say maelstrom today, but I did. Maelstrom's an excellent word. I know, isn't it? So kudos to Dr. Katie Bauman from MIT, who's the computer scientist who has devoted her whole life to the study of black holes. And it was actually her algorithm which made this kind of photograph possible. Mm. And what does it look like? Ready? Flaming orange and black hole. Awesome. It sounds beautiful. It, it sounds a bit beautiful. like a Jaffa. Yum. <laughs> and and Rhonda, I know you contained the excitement uh, for that debrief. Why are we getting so sciencey on this one? Three reasons, yeah. James. Three reasons. First reason is the event finally proves the theory of relativity that Einstein first published in 1916. Mm. So that is where creativity cool. and science and Prediction, everything all comes together. That's amazing to have done something that far in advance. 103 years before he could prove it. He's smart. He, yeah. He's quite clever. That means he's smart. Very clever. Second thing, which is the thing I was super, super excited about, is that the collaboration it took to, to pull this off. 200 scientists, six locations, eight special telescopes, and churning through literally millions of gigabytes to make it happen. So you can imagine the coordination, efforts, brain powers, egos that had to come together to get this done. And that is really special work. Every person working on this project would have been, in their own world, a genius. Yeah. And yet they've had to come together and do something for humankind, bigger and more important than any individual, which is just... I love that collaboration. Wow. It's extraordinary. It gives us all hope. And it's it? very rare. Very rare. Very rare. And the third thing is the actual science of it. Mm. So just here's a couple of facts that we thought were really fun. <laughs> I believe they're pronounced factoids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you, Dr. Nkusik, again. Um, first of all, it took five petabytes to capture the image, which mm. translates to five million gigabytes. Mm. An awful lot of USBs. Mm. And the black hole was officially named Piwa. And we have mm. had to Google it to find pronunciation. We, mm. we thought of doing it in Danish, but that's actually the Australian version. Um, <laughs> Danish one actually sounds quite cool. But anyway, another story. Um, uh, once captured, the files for the photo were too big for the internet. And mm. the teams literally had to carry their findings around the world wow. on high-performance helium-filled hard drives. They didn't even know that was a thing. That's cool. And wow. the, black of, the black hole and the event horizon Dr. Kusik talked about is actually 30,000 <laughs> times bigger than the sun. So it's, she's big. She's mm. a big yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just lost our credibility. Uh, um, very big hole. Um, <laughs> that, that is a giant hole. Uh, and I'm still trying to work out if you can use helium-filled hard drives to make your voice change uh, like a four-year-old. So look, aside from that, it was a great conversation. I think we should pivot and talk about change and what really matters as yeah. well. That's actually a topic we know well. Yeah, better than black holes, I think, yeah. safe to say. Marginally. Although we're still impressed by the clever. The power of Google. <laughs> We've all heard about change. It's the only constant. It's critical. The pace of change is ever quickening in the age of digital. And we've probably all seen the models covering clever acronyms and multiple steps. Many of us will have seen the big spreadsheets, uh, multi-tabbed with what to do, the importance of leader-led messaging, and so on and so forth. And in big change and transformation programs, there is a need for coordination. And we often hear the importance and see it of leader-led change. But that often feels hard when there are a thousand priorities for every leader and every person every day. Never fear, 
our scientists at Moi have come up with the Moi signature approach to change that makes it simple. It's more than just managing change. So, from the creator, what is our approach to change, Rhonda? The creator of black holes and change how models. How about we go designer? Or designer. No, no. Designer. Well, I think creator. I think. <laughs> That. I think the data lover and the systems thinker would prefer the architect of <laughs> our change nice. approach. I'll, I'll go with architect. Oh my God. So what is it? <laughs> Please. Our, Stop it. Our change model, which we have spent many years uh, designing and architecting, as James called it out. Is that a word? Can you architect in? Anyway. Yes. Creator. It has got four components. So the first thing is building receptivity. So your idea has somewhere to land. Yep. Secondly, supporting the team. Very, very, very important. Can't express that far, far, far enough or enough. Third is managing the change, which is the bit everybody spends all the time on. And finally, rest. So receptivity, support the team concurrently, mm -hmm. yeah. and then start managing your change. And then don't forget to rest when it's over. Over to Sonia to talk about the first one, building receptivity. This is the thing people forget, and this is the thing that gets you unstuck. So there's a couple of things that are incredibly important here. The first one is what is your current context? So you need to understand the history, the relevant internal and external factors, the alternatives and why you didn't choose those and what the consequences are. So there's no point saying, at a previous company we did this and just kind of trying to jam Nobody it. Nobody likes that. No, go on, <laughs> there's so no way we can alienate people. Um, so you've got to make sure you kind of get that bit right. And then off the back of that is what is the purpose of this change? You know, it needs to have a clear, compelling, without doubt reason for people to get behind it. Or don't waste their time. Exactly yeah. right. Yep. And if it's your bonus, think again. It's going to be something more compelling. <laughs> um, who and what can sell and explain this change? So you need to know, obviously, what your communication channels are and what people you have in your court. But the, re the way we get unstuck here is that we often look to the most senior person in the room. We've actually got to look to the people that have the most influential networks, the people that know the customers that can actually help you get the change through in a practical way. Including some doubters. Especially yeah, doubters, because totally. if you don't have them nailed, well, I don't mean that in a horrible way. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't know who they are, <laughs> they're the people that trip you up when you're not looking. And yeah. they could be t wanting to say something that's really useful. Absolutely, yeah. which is actually a beautiful segue to what listening tools do you have? So it's not just let me tell you all this stuff about change. It's actually I'm talking to you, but you've got concerns, challenges, and ideas. How do I understand what they are so we can address them and importantly use them in our support of you guys? Yeah. So that's receptivity. Mwah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that um, receptivity goes hand in hand with supporting the team. So the first thing to be mindful of here is the need to anticipate and respect all reactions. Think of the extremes. Who will adopt it openly? Who will be skeptical? Who will be a doubter or highly resistant? Be fair to their points of view. There are no right or wrongs here. It just is. And allow people their emotions. But you need to respond coolly and calmly to um, their concerns. Mm -hmm. The next one and is... They on might be right. They might be right. They might be the closest person to the system or the change that has yep. a really good insight you haven't yep. thought of. I've Big seen that happen mind. lots yep. of times. Next one's understand the unique issues. Keep keeping that open mind. Don't make assumptions. Collate views and feed them back into the process. Yeah. Acknowledging the downside of the change is really important. So aside from any big structural or organizational changes, it's about listening and responding openly, honestly and authentically. Not about screaming pre-scripting before you really listen and being adaptable to that script if good information is provided through the process. And finally, planning your feedback loops. Let people know what you've got planned. Um, it's really important because if you've genuinely heard people, you need the right way to go back to them on questions, concern, and ideas, not leave it unclosed. Mm -hmm. Perfect. 
managing the change? Managing the change, stage three. So now we're up to, we've, we've got the receptivity, we've supported the team, now we're up to managing it. Let's keep this bit really skinny because this is a bit most people know. First yeah. of all, you need a plan. You need a very simple plan and that's what you're going to do, who's going to do it and when they're going to do it. So very, very yeah. simple resources, accountability. Secondly, you need to plan your communication so people know what's going on, not just you and your friends in the cupboard. <laughs> Third, contingency plan. I'm always amazed at how many change managers are actually incredibly change resistant. And a contingency plan is, oops, plan A was a bit of a dud. I've got a better idea to tweak it to make plan B or plan C yeah. or plan F. Plan F, <laughs> all of it. So be open-minded that you might not have nailed the idea at the beginning and keep changing it. Contingency yeah. plan is a great way to go. Figure out how you're going to measure your success so you know when you've arrived. And finally, communicate throughout the change. Monitor your resources, yeah. monitor accountability, day-to-day -day communication, weekly communication, and not one way, this is what I need to tell you I did, but actually, how's it working out? What's going on in your space? How's it affecting you? Yeah. And that's the managing the change bit. Which brings us to this last point, which we often forget as well, which is rest, which is appreciating the work that change takes. It takes not only effort above your day job, yes. but it takes mental headspace, it takes energy, it takes a bit of emotion to get right. Yes, and not just a glass of champagne for the four people who thought of the change. No, it's the, <laughs> the troops that are actually making it come real for your customers, for the people around them, that are working out the new system and it's all yeah. in its nuances, which is a celebration piece. Maybe it's champagne, maybe it's just a really heartfelt recognition and shaking someone's hand. Yep. And then re-energizing people. You know, how can you actually get the most out of the change you just put in? How do you do some work that actually gives you some energy back, which might yep. be interacting with a customer or doing something really good at and then normalizing it you know james said before change is inevitable so you don't want to make it thank god that change is done let's never talk about that again it's just this is in our dna this is how we do change and it's normal and you're great and thank you awesome Perfect. awesome so let's do the quick recap the more signature approach to change building re receptivity comes first next support the team really walk in their shoes third one manage the change really well and fourth is to rest and celebrate that is it Ooh. Thank easy. you. So, <laughs> so easy. <laughs> Thank you very much for the great conversation. Crew, what are we going to tackle next week? We're going to talk about stuff up. <laughs> We're going to talk about... We're talking about fuck-ups. <laughs> and Which might that may have been one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and most importantly, how to recover from yeah. them. So we've all made mistakes. What do you do next? Um, how does it look like? But in terms of that, we are going to share some of our very worst claimants uh, and talk about how we recovered or not <laughs> from that. Yep. And hopefully this podcast won't be one of them. So make sure you tune in next week. You know how you can do that. But again, like us and subscribe to Article 23 via SoundCloud, iTunes or Spotify. That is your shortcut to never missing an episode. Thank you all again. We love spending time with you. A big more from us. Thank you, and don't forget to pop on to www.moi.live to pick up a lot more detail on the change stuff that we use, yeah. um, and I think you'll really like it. We are so proud of that piece of work, and we're really looking forward to seeing how you find it too. Thank you. Enjoy. Mwah. Bye. <laughs>